It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Propaganda does not deceive people. It merely helps them to deceive themselves. A quote from Eric Hoffer. The great majority of mankind are satisfied with appearances as though they were realities and are often more influenced by the things that seem to be rather than by what actually is. That quote was from Machiavelli. Question. How many, even now at this late hour, are still desperately trying to convince themselves that their lives, that their world, will somehow soon magically go back to, quote, normal, if they just do what they're told, starting with rolling up their sleeves. Again, I ask, how's that going so far? And yes, I'm going to keep beating that drum until enough hear it and look squarely at the wider horizon, or until I'm no longer standing. If you think the last year and a half has been rough, buckle up because the ride is going to get unimaginably worse soon. Will the earth be habitable in 2100? That's the title of a new science report. If you want the red pill data-backed answer to that question, stay tuned. Here's a preview. That date is about 75 years too optimistic. If you're up for some seriously bad news... Stay tuned. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the commercial-free, non-political, global alert news hour. The bad news broadcast brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org. And true, no one likes bad news, but if we don't face it head-on, we'll have absolutely no chance of dealing with what is already unfolding. Societal sanity is absent. It's MIA. It's gone missing if it ever actually existed in the first place. Not only a loss of sanity, but even of simple awareness regarding the wider horizon and the forces of what can only be called evil that are manipulating it. But never forget, they, the controllers, the money printers, could not do what they do without us, without our active or passive support. And when will that support stop? The rapidly rising tidal wave of collective catastrophe looms over all of us. So many factors are already so far past the breaking point. The accelerating collapse of the planet's life support systems being the bottom line fueling all of it. What will each of us choose to do in the time we have left? Doing nothing will only ensure our near-term common demise. Remaining silent in the face of totalitarian tyranny is exactly what allows it to continue and to proliferate until there's nothing left to salvage. If we remain on the current course, that day draws near. Every week, with every broadcast, I'll continue to point toward the wider horizon. The planet's rapidly collapsing life support systems. Climate engineering operations are a core factor in the equation, i.e. the controllers attempt to play God with the weather, their crown jewel weapon that they utilize to help carry out countless agendas and objectives, many of which are becoming ever more transparent and troubling to any that are not completely asleep at the wheel. Let's cover some breaking frontline headlines that the corporate media propaganda machine would rather you weren't aware of. Let's start with this. A not-so-surprising headline of denial as official COVID-19 narratives of cover-up continue to unravel from Johns Hopkins University and the Bloomberg School of Public Health. Statement about in v and our pandemic exercise. 
excuse me, pandemic exercise, Freudian slip. In October 2019, the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security hosted a pandemic tabletop exercise called Event 201 with partners, the World Economic Forum, and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, recently the Center for Health Security. And many people know about Event 201. Again, the Bill Gates staged mock global COVID pandemic that was staged literally as the event itself was unfolding, as if they didn't know that already, with Anthony Fauci announcing it in 2017, there would be a surprise pandemic. Smoke and mirrors that are not hard to see through for any, again, that don't have their eyes wide shut. But the statement continues. Again, they're trying to deny that they knew anything about it. It says, recently, the Center for Health Security has received questions about whether the pandemic, and it's so hard not to say pandemic because that's exactly what it is, a pandemic. But they state whether the exercise actually predicted the current novel coronavirus outbreak in China. To be clear, Johns Hopkins states, the Center for Health Security and Partners did not make any prediction during our tabletop exercise for that scenario. We modeled a fictional coronavirus pandemic with amazing accuracy, wasn't it? If you haven't seen some of the film footage from this pandemic exercise, Event 201, take the time to watch it. It will shock you. It is an exact mimic of everything that's happened. They say further, the exercise served to highlight preparedness and response challenges that would likely arise in a very severe pandemic, including the censorship of data that would be needed to suppress anything that disputed the official narratives. That also is outlined in this mock pandemic that was actually carried out as the true CB19 pandemic was unfolding. More on this theme. Let's plug this headline into the equation. China placed massive order for PCR tests months before the first official COVID-19 case was announced. How did they know? How did everybody know except the public? Everybody is a part of this. How clear can that be at this point? From COVID-19 to climate engineering, global powers are colluding and cooperating. It could not be otherwise. These powers as I've said so many times, are fully aware of the fact that the planet's failing life support systems can no longer support their populations. What would we expect them to do? How clear can this equation be? Let's plug more headlines into this equation. This leaked grant proposal details high-risk coronavirus research. The National Institute of Health Director Francis Collins resigns after documents reveal he lied about his involvement with the gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. Again, this is not speculation, and for corporate media to pretend they're just now discovering these facts is ridiculous. As geoengineeringwatch.org announced at the very beginning of this pandemic that in the journal Nature peer-reviewed science study in 2015, it was clearly outlined that the gain-of-function characteristic had been engineered in labs in the U.S. and Wuhan with funds that came from U.S. institutions like the NIH and Anthony Fauci's National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, over $7 million worth. And now we have the truth becoming all but impossible to hide, and we have people starting to flee the sinking ship like Francis Collins. Another headline, let's check in and see how the power structure pushed vaccinations are doing so far for the population. This one from CNN. Two real-world studies published Wednesday of last week confirmed that the immune protection offered by two doses of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine drops off after two months. Two months. Has anything they've said anywhere along the line been true? And how many have been so quick 
without knowing anything about what's being injected into them to roll up their sleeves and do whatever they're told. Next headline, same theme. Booster jab every six months, question mark. 1.5 million double-dosed and recovered Israelis lose green pass privileges as stricter COVID-19 rules kick in. The rules keep changing, don't they? Anything they can do to ensure a maximum amount of injections into the maximum percentage of the population. Connect the dots. Another headline. New study states, if you're fully vaccinated with Pfizer, you're 6 to 13 times more likely to get Delta than someone with natural immunity. Up to 13 times more likely to contract that variant. And where do all these variants keep coming from? At the beginning of this entire fiasco, geoengineeringwatch.org stated on the record that those in power would likely keep stoking the COVID fires with ever more virulent forms of this engineered pathogen. Another headline, UK government report, vast majority of Delta variant deaths are vaccinated people, not unvaccinated people. From that report, a public health England technical briefing released in September of 2021 entitled SARS-CoV-2 variants of concern and variants under investigation in England has some findings that don't bode well for vaccine supporters. The numbers show vaccinated people contracted and died of the so-called Delta variant of coronavirus at a far greater rate than unvaccinated people between February 1st, 2021 and September 12th, 2021. There's a significant amount of data in this report. I encourage all to search it and review it. But here's the bottom line. The vast majority of Delta deaths in England during this period occurred among vaccinated people, not unvaccinated people. Consider that. And how many have taken the time to review the VAERS data, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System that continues to skyrocket from injuries and mortality reported as a direct connection to the vaccination, even though it is believed that this may be as small as 1% to 5% of the actual instances, the numbers are still shockingly high. More headlines from last week, same theme. Let's start with this, quote, not supposed to happen, end quote. U.S. state with highest fax rate sees record surge in COVID-19 cases. Imagine that. Another headline, same theme, Sweden and Denmark halt Moderna's COVID shot for young people. Finally, a shred of sanity from somewhere in the world. Another headline, large New York healthcare system fires 1,400 unvaccinated workers. Why do you think the healthcare workers are refusing to get this shot, so many of them? Because they see firsthand what's occurring. Why would they want to participate in that with their own health? Our school board minions and the criminal government they serve reacting to parents that justifiably don't want their children harmed. From the UK Daily Mail and other sources, teachers call angry parents terrorists. School officials beg Biden to send in the FBI to protect them from, quote, extremist parents angry over vaccine and mask mandates and say it should be treated as a, quote, domestic terrorist scenario. The National School Boards Association urged the president in a letter last week to mobilize federal agents to protect them from protesting parents. The National School Board Association sent a letter to President Biden requesting, quote, immediate assistance for school staffers and board members who say they are, quote, under immediate threat. Question, who's under immediate threat? The school board members or the children? You decide. Next headline, Fauci isn't sure if you can gather for Christmas 
but he is sure you must give up your individual rights. Let's add another headline to the mix. COVID-19 detention camps are government roundups of resistors in our future. They will certainly try and soon, and they're already trying to and carrying this out in some countries around the world right now. 9-11 was the turning point. The false flag event of 9-11 that galvanized the American population into blind, unquestioning support of whatever the military-industrial complex wanted to do. Whatever country they wanted to invade to procure whatever resources they need to continue to fuel the empire, the cancer, to fuel it forward. The cancer of the global controllers has continued its nonstop proliferation. The CV-19 scenario, which peer-reviewed science study proves was engineered in Chinese and U.S. labs, should be a sobering wake-up call for any that are not in a coma. If you don't think that the controllers are desperate enough to thin the herd in such a blatant fashion, think again. How much is Big Pharma done for Americans. Here's a snapshot. American spending on top 20 drugs is nearly double the rest of the world combined. Are Americans healthier from all the big pharma concoctions they consume? Not so much. For the record, Americans are among the most unhealthy developed country population in the world, and a rapidly dying world at that. Speaking of which, breaking biosphere collapse, bad news headlines. Biosphere collapse has been, is, and will continue to be the bottom line to all that's unfolding. From Climate Action Australia, this headline. Will the Earth be habitable in 2100? The report states framing climate change in a semblance of realism is most important. The report then states this way people can see what needs to be done and place themselves in personal, professional, and political positions to face the challenges the collapsing climate brings. As individuals, we need to broadcast effective influence so that more of us can understand, anticipate, and address future problems. How about this, Climate Action Australia, and to the whole of the so-called climate science community? How about telling the truth, that there could be no legitimate discussion about the climate from any perspective without first and foremost addressing the single most destructive factor of all, not the only factor, and I get far too many people, I have to say this every single broadcast, that try to conclude that somehow I am saying that this is the only problem with the climate. I've never, ever, ever said that. I will never say that. It's totally irrational to even think that. The human race has laid waste to the planet in the geologic blink of an eye. But climate engineering is the single most destructive factor of all, and the whole of the so-called climate science community appears to consist of cowards, and liars. They will not address the climate engineering elephant in the sky, and they continue to pretend that it's just a proposal that we could, may, might do someday if we get desperate enough. The top U.S. military brass has long since stated on the record that they consider the collapsing climate to be the greatest U.S. national security threat of all. Do we really think that the military-industrial complex is going to ask us, the population, if it's okay with us, if they engineer the climate? because they think it might be needed to preserve their power. They've used weather warfare as a weapon for 75 years. It's a fact of record. And yet, how many, even the so-called experts that are paid to lie and deny about the climate engineering elf in the sky, how many continue to play that part? Total betrayal of the human race and the entire web of life. When will that betrayal end? When will the climate science community band together, stand up, and tell the truth? 
realizing that their paychecks and pensions mean absolutely nothing on a dead planet, and we were perilously close to that point. And I don't care who believes me or doesn't believe me. I never ask anybody to accept anything I say, but what I've asked on this broadcast and what I will continue to ask for is to investigate what I'm stating, to abandon your ideologies, preconceptions, and programming, which all of us have, and clear the lens through which you see the world, that you might see the oncoming train while there's still enough time to do something about it. And we are rapidly running out of time. Make no mistake about that. And in regard to the oncoming train and this headline, again, from last week, that asks, will the Earth be habitable in 2100? Based on current mathematical and statistical trajectories, the date of 2025 would be much more accurate. What are those statistics? Insect populations down today, now, from 80 to 90% globally. Global pelagic fish populations, the food fish, down about 90%. Bluefin tuna down 98%. Not going to be eating fish much longer. Crop collapse all over the globe. Just heard from a scientist colleague in some of the farm belt states of the U.S. saying some of the crops are down 50% this year alone. And they're collapsing in countries all over the world. Again, the extraordinarily intense UV, a direct result of climate engineering destroying the ozone layer. This is UV radiation bombarding the surface of the planet. The ubiquitous contamination of soils and waters with highly toxic elements like aluminum that shut down root systems and thus nutrient uptake. We're inhaling all of these elements. We are under an immediate direct assault from every imaginable direction, starting from the skies above. Collapse is not coming. It's here. And on the subject of weather warfare, as geoengineeringwatch.org has stated on the record for so many years, the climate engineers control the flow of precipitation into the U.S. West and countless other locations around the world, and they can cut it off for as long as they choose. Were the geoengineeringwatch.org database predictions from many years ago accurate? Consider this new headline while deciding. Quote, new all-time record. The downtown Sacramento climate station has gone 195 days without measurable rain, with absolutely astoundingly high temperatures as well. And since this report was released, this record has been extended still further. Again, the climate engineers control the flow of precipitation, the drought deluge scenarios. More on the laying waste of California. Next headline, dangerous air. As California burns, America breathes toxic smoke. And again, I've been over this in previous weeks. It's not just smoke. We can see the aerosol operations occurring directly above the smoke bank. And once people are used to this haze in the air, we see it even when there's no fires burning, even in winter. But people become so accustomed to it that they no longer question it. They just breathe it in. The ground-based haze and filth-filled skies that time-lapse photography shows clearly is the result of dispersions from jet aircraft. Numerous postings at geoengineeringwatch.org show clearly film footage postings of aircraft at altitude, nozzles visible, turning on and off. It's not condensation. End of argument. More from this report. Experts the paid power structure kind, say that the scale of smoke inundation requires dramatic steps to curb the risk of wildfire and mitigate the impact of climate change. Again, no mention of climate engineering, no surprise. But investigations from NPR, National Propaganda Radio, have found that state and federal governments have not done enough to manage force, including using prescribed burns. That is not the core of the problem. And I'm speaking as one who has done six Major habitat restoration projects, I ran all of them 
in the fields, thinning on an industrial scale, the understory that was out of balance because of irresponsible logging practices that took off the entire former canopy, allowing the fuel ladder to spring up underneath it with no management done. If those forwards had never been touched, it wouldn't be a problem, and that's not the core of the problem anyway. When we look at statistics from Siberia, for example, forests that have never, ever been touched in the entire existence of the human race, and yet the burn rate there skyrocketed over a 10-year period, 1,000%, 10 times worse. What happened? Were they supposed to thin the understory of the whole of Siberia? This is ludicrous. This is absolute scapegoating, a red herring. This report continues and says this, climate change is at the root of this new reality. No, not in the case of the epic droughts and forest burndowns. The core cause to that scenario is climate engineering. Again, that's not denying anthropogenic damage to the climate. But in the case of the fires and the lack of moisture in so many places around the world, I've said it over and over. I want to, I'm going to keep saying it till this sinks in. You can't have less overall rain on a rapidly warming planet unless there's a factor we're not being told about that's thwarting the entire evaporative cycle, the entire hydrological cycle. And that factor is climate engineering and the desiccant light-blocking particulates that are sprayed in disguise all over the globe under the guise of solar radiation management, creating short-term, highly toxic daytime cooldowns at the cost of a worsened overall warming. And again, major factor I'll get to later in this broadcast, the engineered winter scenarios, also part of climate engineering. Next headline, this one outlines the scheduled weather for the almost already dead state of California. More coming. California's reservoirs are so dry, residents could face restrictions next year, regulators warn. Why? Because they are scheduling more drought for California. From this report, California's reservoirs are so dry from a historic drought, worse than 1,200 years based on paleo data, that regulators warned last week it's possible the state's water agencies won't get anything from them next year, a frightening possibility that could force mandatory restrictions for the residents. The report then states nothing in our historic record suggests the possibility of essentially that snow disappearing into the soils and up into the atmosphere at the level that it did. I, I want to drive this statement home, this sentence home. Nothing in our historic record suggests the possibility of essentially that snow disappearing into the soils and up into the atmosphere at the level that it did. This is from the California Natural Resources Secretary Wade Crowfoot. He said, these climate changes are coming fast and furious. Why isn't the snow melting as it historically has and going into the soils? Instead, it's sublimating. How many times have I said in this broadcast that that is the nature of a chemically nucleated frozen material? It tends to sublimate, i.e., just like dry ice, it tends to go from a solid to a gas, and much of it bypasses the liquid phase. That is exactly what's happening. And we have so-called experts from these institutions pretending that they have no clue what's happening. None. They just don't understand what's going on, do they? Because they're paid not to understand. That is another reason compounding the drought situation in California because this chemically nucleated material does not behave like a naturally nucleated snow. Chemical nucleation cloud seeding is converting precipitation that should have fallen in liquid form into frozen form, and it creates a very cold, dense layer that falls to the surface. Don't people wonder, even in Redding in Northern California last spring, we went from 75 degrees 
to snow the next day, 75 degrees the day after? When will people start to wonder about scenarios like that? When will they wonder about Denver, Colorado, that several times in the last few years has gone from a record high last spring, one day 85 degrees, I believe, record high down to 12 degrees in less than 24 hours? How clear is it that that's not a naturally occurring event? Amarillo, Texas, May 1st, 2013. 100 degrees on the ground, all-time record high, and it snowed the next day. Chemical ice nucleation for weather modification. How about October 4th, 2013? Freak snowstorm in South Dakota kills 100,000 cattle. At the very same time, these cattle, cold-hardy cattle, died of this October 4th snowstorm. Snow that was falling at 40 degrees initially. Snow that sticks to their hide like an adhesive because it's, it's a very different composition. It's like concrete because it's too warm for this nucleation to occur naturally and it tends to flash freeze to the hide because of the chemical nature of this. It's a very cold substance to the touch and these cattle died in a snowfall that began at 40 degree temperatures and at the very same time a stone throw away in Chicago it was 85 degrees and raining. In Kansas City, it was 89 degrees and raining. I captured the temperature maps before they were deleted from online because it made it so incredibly obvious that this was anything but a natural event. But nobody questions it. They don't want to know. I contacted the Ranchers Association in South Dakota, and they didn't want to know. Who's paying them through the back door to shove their heads so far in the sand they can't see the light of day? How many are in the same exact category? And yes, I'm jaded. I'm sick of this nonstop slog on a treadmill that never stops for me and trying to point out to people that they are being horrifically harmed and they don't seem to care because it's much more socially acceptable to pretend it isn't happening until the ship goes to the bottom. And we're so close to that point. In regard to engineering winter, here it comes. Last week from AccuWeather. First substantial snowfall of the season on the way for the Rockies. The report states a significant change in the weather pattern will have some residents wondering if summer simply transitioned into winter across parts of the Northwest and the Rockies. Exactly what I just described, isn't it? The report then states temperatures were well above normal in the Northwestern United States through much of the summer. Record high summer, by the way, as I stated. And that trend has continued into the early fall. October began with temperatures more representative of July or August, this AccuWeather report states, in the Northern Rockies. Parts of Montana, for example, soared to 84 degrees last week, annihilating the former daily record set way back in 1958. And now they say snow will fall as far south as southern Arizona, based on some of the models. And this in early October, after the warmest summer ever recorded in the U.S., and all of that excess heat was based in the western U.S., and now snow in early October. Again, welcome to chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding, patented processes. You can find those patents at geoengineeringwatch.org, by the way. Other headline, same theme, record snows in Alaska. Fairbanks set several snowfall records over the weekend, including two daily records. The combined total for the two-day accumulation was also one for the record books. Again, the climate engineers can create this type of event anywhere they have enough moisture to do so. And guess where the moisture in Alaska came from? As I've covered in previous broadcasts, the engineered, ridiculously resilient ridge of high pressure over the U.S. West that rotates clockwise in the northern hemisphere forces the Pacific moisture up and around the West through Alaska where this chemical nucleation process takes place. Total disruption of the global hydrological cycle via climate engineering operations. What else is being disrupted? Wind patterns. 
This recent headline from multiple sources, UK power prices surge to record as wind fails to blow. Electricity prices, the report states, soared to a record as Britain has a period of still weather, curbing wind power. There's a condition now called global stilling. When you affect convection, when you put this reflective layer of particulates in the atmosphere, you affect convection, thus you affect wind, thus you affect evaporation, thus you affect precipitation. You completely derail the entire system. They're using the atmosphere for a physics lab, a lethal global experiment from which there is no return, and we have all been committed to it without our knowledge or our consent. And so many stand by and still pretend it's not happening. All three forms, all three primary forms of alternative energy, wind, hydro, and solar. It's not renewable. I won't call it renewable because it's not truly renewable. Again, you planet of the humans to learn more about that, that documentary. But bottom line, climate engineering operations blocking the sun, affecting solar output. That's what brought me into this battle in the first place. Diminishment of precipitation over key areas, completely thwarting hydroelectric power. And now, as I just described, wind power also affected. Does the so-called climate science community address any of this when they're pushing climate engineering down our throats as some magical cure that we could, may, might use someday, as if it's not been going on for 75 years wreaking havoc around the planet? Shasta Dam, Orville Dam, Hoover Dam, hydropower all radically diminished or shut off completely because there's not enough precipitation. My own hydropower plant on my off-grid home that once ran six months a year, very consistently. Last year, I got two weeks out of it. That's it. Because there's no precipitation again in my location. Over the last 14 years, we are nearly or perhaps almost over 500 inches of rain short, and that's not being reported. They report from regions like Redding, for example, that gets less than half of the precipitation I get in my region and further North and east of me, the precipitation should be three or four times what Redding gets, and that's not happening. It's called orographically enhanced rain, and that's not being reported. It's one more way in which the power structure and all the media and so-called forecasting agencies they own are trying to mask the true severity of what's unfolding from the population until the last possible moment. They're lying about temperatures, which are being radically underreported. They're lying about the severity of precipitation deficits. They're lying about the true severity of the drought. They're completely covering up the lethal levels of UV radiation, including UVC, that are bombarding the planet and us because of the collapsing ozone layer. Yet one more consequence, which can be attributed primarily to the climate engineering insanity. Another headline from last week. Severe droughts dry up dreams of Turkish farmers. From that report, different crops that demand less water are leaving the Turkish consumers out of pocket As food prices rise, they're going through the roof, and there's going to be no food on shelves in so many places soon. Wait and see. Another headline from last week, Mad Max-like dust storm envelops Brazilian city in cloud of doom. That's the report. That's what the headline states. Amazon forest, now once labeled as the lungs of the planet, secondary only to the plankton populations of the globe, which have also crashed. Now the Amazon forest is no longer a carbon sink. It is a carbon source for all of the reasons I have just described. UV radiation bombarding the foliage, causing the foliage to shut down its stomata, the respiratory ports. The trees don't breathe. They don't absorb carbon. They don't release oxygen. We have the toxic aluminum and the precipitation affecting root systems. We have less precipitation overall. From every conceivable direction, climate engineering, again, is pounding the nails into our collective coffins. 
Another report from last week. Multiple mainstream sources. UN report warns of global water crisis amid climate change. Of course, no mention of climate engineering. And again, when you disrupt the hydrological cycle, when you block precipitation from one location, you throw the entire system out of balance. And oftentimes, precipitation comes down somewhere else in a deluge. And the climate engineers can augment that deluge as well. They can dry up the precipitation or they can augment it. Depends on the particle size that they seed into the cloud moisture. Depends on the use of radio frequency microwave transmissions that are used to manipulate these particles in the cloud moisture. Many variables, but the climate engineers are verifiably completely disrupting and derailing the global hydrological cycle. On that note, last week from AccuWeather, 34 inches of rain fell in 24 hours, breaking the continental record. From that report, parts of northern Italy are recovering from a historic deluge that produced a new continent-wide record for rainfall over a 12-hour period and left one city nearly a year's worth of rainfall in one day. Listen carefully to the next report. It's especially important. It alludes to what I've covered on previous broadcasts. Here's the report. Our atmosphere is changing and it's making the earth dimmer. The report states, the amount of light reflected from our pale blue dot has dropped. New research is revealing that climate change is making the earth less reflective, according to a paper published in the Journal of Geophysical Research. This is a very ominous disclosure, and it confirms what I have stated on this broadcast. The climate engineering, although it can produce short-term highly toxic cooldowns, is further fueling the overall planetary meltdown. These particles do not reflect as natural clouds do. And these particles decimate natural cloud cover and they decimate the planet's ability to produce natural cloud cover. Killing plankton because of the intense UV, poisoning forests, which also produce clouds or did. From every conceivable direction, climate engineering is completely derailing the planet's life support systems. And this is just one more confirmation of that. And what happens when the planet can't produce enough natural cloud cover to reflect enough of the sun's heat to stop a runaway climate collapse scenario, Venus syndrome? That's what happens. I want to read a statement from Peter Kalmus. He's a data scientist at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. He said this, Quote, climate catastrophes are arriving with a frequency and ferocity that have shocked climate scientists. We've said so at GeoengineeringWatch.org for a decade and a half. And I said it for 10 years prior to that when I lectured on anthropogenic climate change. How come the climate science community didn't know? Did they not look at the data or were they not willing to tell the truth because we knew and we tried to disclose it? And now they're just admitting, gee, we didn't know it would be so bad. The NASA scientists continue stating this. The fact that climate models failed to predict the intensity of the summer's heat waves and flooding suggests that severe impacts will come sooner than previously thought. As a climate scientist, he says, I am terrified by what I see coming. I want world leaders to stop hiding behind magical thinking and feel the same terror. Then they would finally end fossil fuels. Peter, perhaps you should tell the truth as well and admit to climate engineering. Band together with your colleagues. Stand up and tell the truth. The whole truth. Yes, fossil fuels are a massive problem, but climate engineering operations, climate intervention operations are an even bigger problem. It's up to all of us who do know the truth to question the so-called experts that continue to lie about it, that continue to pretend that climate engineering isn't occurring when anyone that isn't clinically blind 
can't miss it if they would only look up. Send the so-called experts credible data. Challenge them to review it honestly. Challenge them to tell the truth. Well, it can still make a difference. More breaking bad news headlines in a moment. But first, I want to express my deepest gratitude to each and every individual that's doing their best to stay informed, to wake others with credible data from a credible source, and in doing so, helping to turn the tide of insanity. Thank you for making your voices heard in this most critical effort to sound the alarm. It's our collective actions that can yet make a difference. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the Global Alert News Hour, episode number 322, October 9th, 2021. The bad news broadcast, but it's critically important information that covers the issues we must collectively face if we're to have any chance of changing course. This non-political, commercial-free frontline news broadcast is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org and paid for by geoengineeringwatch.org. This news hour is broadcast on AM and FM stations in Northern California, Washington State, on the East Coast, in Alabama, San Antonio, Texas, Tampa, Florida, San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, and Portland, Oregon, Denver, Colorado, and Columbus, Ohio. I want to express my deepest gratitude to all that have helped geoengineeringwatch.org expand our voice to so many major locations. Those that have helped in this effort know who they are. Recordings of the weekly Global Alert News broadcast can be found at geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent top stories and radio sections. The latest Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials can be ordered from our homepage for our approximate cost of producing and shipping. Our color glossy flyers and 20 page color booklets are packed with shocking satellite images, documents, patents, photos of the retrofit spray nozzles mounted on climate engineering aircraft. The list goes on. Again, our only goal is to sound the alarm as effectively and efficiently as possible. On that note, the recently completed geoengineeringwatch.org documentary on climate engineering titled The Dimming conclusively proves climate engineering operations are ongoing. This groundbreaking documentary is now posted on the top center of the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage. It can be viewed for free. Please help us to overcome social media censorship and to expose the insanity in our skies by sharing the link to this groundbreaking documentary that fully exposes the ongoing climate engineering onslaught. Sharing the link for the documentary directly from the geoengineeringwatch.org homepage through email helps us to overcome the attempt of the controllers to censor the dimming documentary and geoengineeringwatch.org data. Moving on, the corporate media weapon of mass distraction yet again dedicated whole segments of airtime to a single missing person. And though that story is indeed tragic, does it in any way compare to the carnage and chaos that is about to befall the entire human race due to the planet's rapidly failing life support systems, crop collapse, fisheries collapse, accelerating ozone layer collapse, the list goes on and on. But not a word for mainstream media. Just political theater, polarizing propaganda, and docudramas. And in between all of this, there's the constant big pharma commercials. It seems every other one is regarding breathing issues, asthma, allergy, COPD, on and on. Climate engineering, toxic heavy metals, and polymers, the fallout is core to this equation. It's not my opinion. It's a lab test proven fact from sampling on the surface and at altitude. So when you see those filth-filled skies, remember, all of it settles down to the surface where we get to inhale it, where the entire web of life gets to absorb it. Highly toxic, bioaccumulative, and bioavailable nanoparticulates of heavy metals like aluminum and polymer fibers. We, all of us, the whole of our species, is about to hit the wall at full velocity, and those that don't believe it will soon wait and see. On that note, this headline from last week, energy crisis may unleash winter blackouts across U.S. 
Insider warns. From that report, the energy crisis that is rippling through Asia and Europe could unleash electricity shortages and blackouts in the U.S. This is prepping populations for what's coming. And for those that think this is just a bump in the road, think again. This is the end of the road. This is the end of what was. Again, the vast majority even now have no apparent notion of what is on the cusp of unfolding, which honestly is truly mind-numbing. How clear can it be that the paradigm of grinding up nature for profit, pleasure, and global conquest was never sustainable? Flashback to something I shared once before years ago on a broadcast. Forgive me for doing so once more, but I need to say it. As the image is forever burned into my mind, it was the first time I witnessed the so-called landfill, i.e. the dump, in Ontario, California. I was just a boy, but the sight was shocking to the marrow for me. It was a literal mountain of trash being pushed around by massive Mad Max-looking D9 Caterpillar bulldozers. I was, I was absolutely breathless. I was astonished. And I wondered, how could anyone possibly think such insanity could continue for any substantial length of time? The smog in Southern California in the 70s was also nightmarish. They would cancel recess in our schools. They would cancel baseball games because it was so thick. You literally couldn't breathe at the end of the day. You could feel it in your throat. You weren't allowed to go outside. You weren't allowed to do anything. And that was a normal day in so many cases. I could never understand why the adults were not in the least concerned about any of it. As I stated earlier, an October snowstorm has been scheduled for the western U.S. Snow, the chemical ice-nucleated kind, has been scheduled to fall as far south as southern Arizona. While the climate engineers manufacture winter in parts of the parched and increasingly incinerated U.S. West, regions as far north as Chicago and even Canada are expected to have temperatures pushing 80 degrees and raining, with nighttime lows pushing 70 degrees in almost mid-October. Countless regions around the rest of the world are also whiplashing between record high temperatures and flash surface cooldowns when there's enough moisture for the climate engineers to seed chemical ice nucleating elements. And if you don't believe such patented processes of cloud seeding exist, I understand. But I ask you to search the Engineering Winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about this primary aspect of the illegal climate engineering operations that few are aware of and even less are willing to acknowledge. In regard to the rapidly rising fever of the planet, this especially includes nighttime low temperatures, which are for the record rising twice as fast as daytime highs. Though official sources and climate engineering cover up institutions like the Weather Channel are not disclosing any of this, which is no surprise. Again, if you live in the eastern half of the U.S. lower 48, you might not believe much of this because it doesn't seem so where you're at. But as I've stated in previous broadcasts, consider that the eastern half of the lower 48 is the most less warm region in the entire world for the last nine years running. That's not nature. That's climate engineering. That's the most populated portion of the U.S. If you can keep the population confused and divided as to the true state of planetary meltdown, you can pacify them until the moment of impact. And that moment draws perilously near. Pacific moisture continues to be cut off from much of the droughted out and incinerated state of California, as I stated earlier, especially in the North State. And though we can speculate about the various motives and agendas of the climate engineers, the fact that they, the geoengineers, are disrupting and or completely blocking the flow of Pacific moisture into much of California and Southern Oregon is beyond dispute. Satellite images and radar satellite loops prove this conclusion. 
So is Gavin Newsom going to save the day? Stay with me and let's connect some puzzle pieces. Gavin Newsom signs $15 billion bill for wildfire and climate change response. Again, while doing everything he can to mask the climate engineering factor, which as I've stated over and over, Newsom and his aides know about because I presented irrefutable data to them in his office in the Capitol. California spent, this report states, $3.4 billion last year on wildfire protection. This is more than four times the level of 15 years ago and reflects the reality that wildfires are getting bigger and more devastating, the report states, due to climate change. Total deception. When you omit the climate engineering factor in this equation, all of this is total deception. How many are going along with it? How many in agencies? How many in so-called elected officials' offices? How many in media? How many are going along with the let's pretend climate engineering isn't occurring deception? The report states over the last two years, six of the 10 largest wildfires in the state have occurred. It further states that officials have spent most of their money extinguishing fires. The task gets harder as the fires grow bigger and hotter. This year, Newsom and the legislature have agreed to dramatically increase spending on prevention. All of this is leading to something that I have tried to point out that we highlighted in one of our most important reports ever from geoengineeringwatch.org. It's titled, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. I'm about to get to exactly how these puzzle pieces fit together. First, several more headlines from the Arctic from last week. From globalnews.ca, sea level rise causing frozen grounds along Arctic coastline to thaw, study suggests. This is hugely problematic. Again, it comes down to the formerly frozen methane hydrate and clathrate deposits continuing to be released, happening in Arctic tundra. Search Siberian methane craters, you'll be shocked, and it's happening on the seafloor on a scale that's exponentially larger, hidden from view. From vice.com, this, the ground is literally exploding. This is relating to what I just stated. Due to climate change in Siberia, and it's going to get worse. The report then states it's a pure stroke of luck that none of the explosions and their giant craters have caused loss of life or infrastructure damage. That's a statement from one scientist. Again, you have to see these craters to believe them, to to comprehend the force that's pushing this methane out of the tundra. Craters several hundred feet wide, several hundred feet deep. Perfectly circular, looks like a nuclear exchange took place, and it's blowing this methane into the atmosphere. The climate science community would have us believe that methane is only 20 times more potent to greenhouse gas than CO2, which is bad enough. But in fact, that statement is only relevant over a 100-year time horizon. Over a 10-year time horizon, methane is from 100 to 120 times more potent than CO2. And now let's add the ongoing climate engineering insanity, which is blanketing our planet in heat-trapping particulates. Again, can deflect some of the sun's daytime thermal energy while trapping even more of it at night. All of this adding up to a planet that is currently free-falling into a runaway climate collapse scenario. Now let's look at some statistics that were just declared which are key to putting all these puzzle pieces together. First, this. Arctic sea ice hits 2021 minimum. That's the minimum out, uh, amount of ice after the summer melt season. The report states, this summer's minimum ice cover was the 12th lowest ever, the report states. And scientists warn that the long-term trend towards shrinking continues. Is there more to the story? Yes, there's so much more. First, only months ago, in July of this year, the sea ice extent, which is the surface area of the ice, was at record low levels. What happened? How did it suddenly end up at the 12th lowest level? 
The incineration of northern latitude forests is core to the equation. As is covered in the Geoengineering Watch.org report mentioned earlier, titled Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda, there is peer-reviewed science study that advocates for the, quote, benefit of intensely burning northern latitude forest fires to temporarily cool the Arctic, a form of artificial volcano, so the geoengineers can achieve enough atmospheric particulate loading from the wildfire smoke, which circles the globe several times if if they burn hot enough, and they are. And this spins toward the polar regions because of the Coriolis effect of the planet, the spin of the planet. We had this year... NPR, again, National Public Radio, should be National Propaganda Radio, admitted that this smoke ended up at the North Pole. The science reports that have reported the minimum and were perplexed at how it could have bounced back from record low to the 12th lowest acknowledged the fact that this was in many ways due to the extensive cloud canopy, much of which was smoke in the Arctic. Further, the official sources now consider the Arctic sea ice pack to be anything with 15% of slush on the ocean or more. Isn't that still 85% ocean? But they consider it ice pack for the purposes of statistically trying to hide the total implosion of Arctic ice. And when the Arctic ice is gone, when we lose that reflectivity, again, it's like the ice chest in which even a small amount of ice can keep the contents cool until that ice is fully melted. And then everything begins to superheat. Because that heat-absorbing element is now gone. That reflective element, which the Arctic ice reflects 90% of the sun's incoming thermal energy, seawater absorbs 90%. The whole equation goes exponential when the ice is gone. And climate engineering, in the attempt to mask what's happening in the Arctic, on which all of our futures depend, is actually making it far worse, not better. Now let's look at another headline to make this crystal clear, everything I've just stated. Also from last week. Here's the headline. Researchers express alarm as Arctic multi-year sea ice hits record low. Let's stop and think about that. So we have officially the headlines that are being pushed saying, not so bad this year, only the 12th lowest year ever recorded. Yet, the total amount of ice is at record low. The Arctic ice mass at record low levels right now. We are being lied to and deceived at every imaginable level to try to mask the true severity of planetary meltdown until the last possible moment. And what they're doing in the Arctic, in addition to falsifying statistics, they're chemically nucleating the sea surface. Search this geoengineeringwatch.org headline titled, What are the climate engineers doing in the Arctic? Astounding images and dead scientists. View that report, view the satellite images in that report in which you can see chemical ice nucleation operations occurring on the Arctic sea surface, which is making the entire situation far worse, not better. They're treating the entire planet like some sort of a physics test with unknown consequences. And we will all very soon pay the price if this insanity is not exposed and halted. Learn to be an objective and honest researcher, not a parrot of baseless claims pushed by those with agendas or blind ideology. And most threatening of all, there is the deadly disease of willful apathy. About that, consider this timeless quote from John Stuart Mill, who said, Let not anyone pacify his conscience by the delusion that he can do no harm if he takes no part and forms no opinion. Bad men need nothing more to accomplish their ends than that good men should look on and do nothing. 
When I now trek through the once-thriving wilderness that surrounds my off-grid home on the east side of Lake Shasta, or what was Lake Shasta in Northern California, my heart feels numb, bleeding, and broken. I make myself bear witness to my slowly dying brothers, the trees, sentient beings that have so majestically and for so long graced the planet with their life-giving functions, indeed the very air we breathe, a gift from these life forms. So valiantly, they have tried to endure what's being done to them, but so many have already succumbed to the relentless assault from the sky, an assault being waged on them by all those that are actively or passively a part of the power structure matrix that has taken control of the planet's life support functions, or at least what is left of them. When I see a solitary bird or a fluttering bat in search of an insect that's not to be found, or hear the croak of a frog that's somehow managed to survive the increasingly hellish conditions in Northern California and the now dying, dead, and incinerating forests, I weep silently and alone as I ponder their fate. They didn't deserve this. Again and again, I turn my angst and anguish to a silent rage, a growing fire that compels me to continue marching forward in this all-important battle, that drives me to press on with every possible effort to sound the alarm until a critical mass of awareness is reached, short of which we have no chance, unless or until enough realize that they are literally fighting for the very survival of our species, indeed the entire web of life. The looting, plundering, pillaging, and polluting will continue to accelerate until virtually nothing is left. Our so-called governments have long since become nothing more than state-sponsored mafia syndicates. And if you think these cabals are actually interested in preserving your health and the health of your posterity, think again. Institutions of higher learning were long ago turned into mass indoctrination facilities, with few exceptions. The military-industrial complex is a headless, heartless, soulless cancer of total corruption. The medical-industrial complex, the same. And about the so-called experts that we are trained and taught never to question, in how many ways have so many from academia betrayed all of us, along with countless innocent life forms? In the geologic blink of an eye, industrialized, militarized civilization has laid waste to the planet and the entire web of life. Climate intervention operations and the highly toxic atmospheric fallout they create are the epitome of human insanity. These operations are, mathematically speaking, the greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face, short of nuclear cataclysm. So long as a single tree, a single bird, a single bat, a bee, a bear, anything still surviving and striving to play their part in the miracle we call life still exists. We, each of us, all of us, must summon our courage that we may yet rise to the occasion, that we may carry out our individual part toward exposing and dealing with the collective insanity. From the climate engineering programs to CB19, from the global crime syndicates masquerading as governments to big pharma, all is interwoven and inseparable. Connect the dots. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more about how you can help in this all-important battle to fully expose the insanity and turn the tide. Time is not on our side. Please, please make your voice heard. Make every day count. Until next week, stay safe, stay strong. This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org.